Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here recording on the, what are we now, the 6th of November, on the foot, oh, I guess on the home stretch, you could say, to Christmas. Coming around thick and fast, yes. joining me are two men who I love having by my side. <laughs> Firstly, Mr. Lee Hancock. Going on, guys, Lee here. How are you, mate? You well? Well, very well. I love to hear that. You're looking well. No manicure this week? Or pedicure, no maybe? No pedicure. No manicures or pedicures. Not this week. Okay, just, next week, though, we'll keep an eye out. Just for the YouTube um, viewers, though, can we see the shorts? We can. Are these shorts uh, top-notch? Oh, For any of our audio listeners, Lee has invested in a pair of... Um, if anyone's seen the movie Kill Bill, they're like a yellow <laughs> a yellow short with, what, like blood red stains, red blood stains yeah. on them. It's... um. Mate, you continue yeah, to surprise me week in and week out with your, uh, let's say, interesting choice of attire, but I, mean, I love it, and we, and we love you for it. We've said it time and time and again, but he's the Dennis Rodman of our crew, isn't he? <laughs> and we need one, so stoked to have you on board with us. Also joining us, Mr. Roy Hancock. Yeah. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. Yeah, feeling, you know, raring to go for another episode. You've but, got um, some pretty, I guess, subtle <laughs> shorts on today, just a nice kind of camo-y kind of colour. Jeez, I look pretty tame compared to Lee, don't I? <laughs> yeah, we, well, both of us do. He continues to outshine us in the fashion department. But uh, just a quick note before we get into today, all three of us... Wearing shorts. How good is this? Yeah. Tassie weather this week, producing the goods in the gear up to summer now. It's just phenomenal. It's, it's tropical. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's so we, we certainly love the warmer weather. <laughs> I'm, I know for myself, you know, I, I don't cope well with winter. So it's uh, it's nice to have the shorts on, get a little bit of colour and, uh, yeah, happy days. I can't really can't really speak to getting <laughs> a bit of colour, neither can Lee. I reckon you're on your own there. A couple of pasty white boys here, but that's <laughs> all right. Guys, we've got a massive episode in store today. Uh, we're going to kind of pose a couple of uh, would-you-rather questions. So we're going to focus on players, teams, anything of the kind, and just pose a couple of situations to one another and see which side of the fence you would err on. So looking forward to doing that shortly. I feel like with that, we should premise that this isn't a debate segment. We're not debating anything, and we're not trying to win over anyone's opinion. It's purely... I tell you what, I'm always in a debating mood, so if you guys say the wrong answer to, as to what I've got, you know, I could uh, All right. could fire up here. Right. But Mate, have you ever heard of free speech? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Living I, in a free country. Tell you what, first, first rule of Nick when he takes over as Prime Minister of Australia <laughs> is getting rid of that. You know, it's uh, everyone, be- uh, what is it, beats to my drum, so... Uh, as well, we've got some odds and ends, guys, uh, and we'll recap the week that was from the NBA. So, yep. you know, first and foremost, I'd, just a big thank you to our sponsors, Intersport Hobart, continuing... I, well, what are we today? Saturday. Yesterday, Friday, we got some new drops in. We got some vintage Vince Carter jerseys, Ooh. vintage Ooh, purple, Shaq. Purple ones. Yeah, purple, uh, purple and the white one. Yeah. Um, so we got some drip new jerseys in just in store yesterday, so be sure... They were on the socials the other day, so check them out in Sport Hobart. But also pop in the store and see me. Um, you know, I love uh, engaging with all of our listeners that come into store. So be sure to pop down and see the team there. You're a people person at the end of the day. The people's champion I've been I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't go that far. But um, just quickly off the top of your dome, what's the best vintage jersey? <sighs> Speaking of vintage jerseys, I actually think that Toronto Raptors one is it's straight unbeatable. Fire. Uh, we got the Malone one yesterday, the Jazz. Yep. Um, that was absolute heat coming in. I'd have to but say... Den- I, I think the Carter one. Yeah. yeah. Denver Nuggets old school rainbow jersey. Yep. Just- yep. We got some pretty, pretty dope jerseys. So, you know, come down, come one, come all, come see the show. Um, <laughs> as well, guys, as I said a couple of weeks ago, we've got some new sponsors hopefully coming on board. 
Uh, it's been a slight delay due to COVID with the delivering things of the kind, but hopefully next week we'll have some uh, some big news for you. So stay tuned for that one. Lovely. But without further ado, that's enough of the uh, the nonsense. Oh no, I've got one more note. I've it? got one more one more it? little thing to tick off. Uh, guys, for anyone out there, be sure to check out our Instagram. Check out all of our socials, but be sure to check out our Instagram most notably. During the week, we had a bit of a revamp with our uh, our visual media content. So it's going to enable us to post more, post uh, a little more freely, I guess. Yep. And um, yeah, it looks pretty sick, I think. I think who, we're... Uh, who was the brains behind that one, Nick? Uh, I, well, I'm, I, I tell you what, my creative side, I'm not very creative, but right. I, I had the day off the other day and had a bit of a play with Canva and things of the kind, Okay, and yep. I was able to knock up something that I think was, uh, is suitable, so it, it's looking good though, it's going to uh, look good on our feed. Looks very Bleacher Report-ish, but don't copyright us. Absolutely, no, sure. no, we're, uh, we're free spirits here, aren't I we? I think so. Excellent, guys. We've got a lot to get through today, so let's kick start with odds and ends. Lee, go. you look like you want to take us away. I'll go. James Wiseman, who, or Wiseman, however you want to say it, um, he's been injured for a damn while and he hasn't played <laughs> a damn while. Put it technically, he has, yeah. Yep. He hasn't played a game this season as of yet, um, but he's been cleared for full practices. So I, I was just saying that just it's, it's looking promising. Um, a return date isn't in sight yet, but with that, new, you'd have to think it's pretty pretty soon and this bodes nothing but well for the lakers they're currently sitting well after knocking off the pelicans today just i guess just wrapped up at the time of recording they're sitting at seven and one for the warriors yeah. for the warriors yeah. yes for the warriors did I... you said the lakers, said seven, the lakers. And one, seven wins yeah seven wins one loss for the warriors that. there so they mm. are absolutely bowling in the western conference and this certainly bodes well for them i think the best point for wiseman would now because they've kind of they're winning, they've got an established starting five, would be to see him come off the bench. Like Looney in his place. Yeah, yeah. Looney in his place. Wiseman come off the bench. We saw it at the start of last season. He came out, just lit up threes, mm. playing, just bowled out, and he looked a lot better off the bench. I think having that little bit less pressure and time to develop while you know the starting five do the bulk of carrying, for but sure. enables him to grow at a pace that's a little more suitable for him. And I th- also think he should have to earn that starting spot to an extent. Um, like he, like you guys said, he was put into that starting spot last season for a little bit of it, but it didn't look like it suited him. So I think I think that's a do, fair idea. Do you guys think that James Wiseman is going to be a part of this Warrior team's future? I'm, oh. I'm still sceptical as to whether they decide to persist with him. You know what? I, I actually I was skeptical a couple of weeks ago before the season started. Yeah. Just based on, and we spoke about their kind of in no man's land in the sense of really committing to a title mm. and then kind of building for the future with Kaminga, you know, Wiseman, players like that. But I think what we've seen over the last couple of weeks that they're almost able to juggle both. They've got these players coming through, but they're really competent at the moment as well, mm. and that's even without Clay Thompson coming back. So I think, you know, I, th- I think he is going to be a part of their future moving forward. I don't think there's any reason at the moment to trade any of those young pieces away and sacrifice that future because they are winning. You're exactly right. And that's the other thing, isn't it? Like you get rid of these guys for established players who might be, you know, 26, 27, 28 years of age <clears> and you lose the, you lose your future potential, I guess. Yep. Like, you've got these guys who, when Steph Curry and Clay Thompson retire, even though they're obviously not going to be that calibre, you wouldn't have thought, and different players completely, um, you still think that there's a bit of hope once those guys decide to hang up the old the old 
put it in the rafters. Put SC3s it in. or whatever they call it, SC30s. Absolutely. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him back, certainly. Just a quick one, a big congrats, though, to Chris Paul. Wow. During the week, he moved up to third on the all-time assist list. Mm. Um, he's, I don't. I think it's going to be hard now. He's 15 behind, 1,500 behind Jason Kidd for second yeah. and five and a half thousand behind Stockton, give or take. Yeah. So, but nevertheless, it's a fantastic achievement for him. Jumped up two places during the week, and I think this is just kind of a highlighting factor. I don't know about you guys. Just we don't need to elaborate too much. But do you think he's underrated? Like what he's achieved? Like he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. Mm. Yet, is he given the due credit he deserves? It's interesting, isn't it? Because maybe over the last maybe. Since he's left his prime, I guess you could say, he definitely hasn't been spoken about as much. Yeah. I think he's properly rated, if I'm being completely honest. I think for the majority of his career, he's been given the accolades that he deserves. And now he's, you know, climbed to, what was it, third on the yep. all-time assists. And I think people, I think real NBA fans know just how dominant of a force he's been for so long. And- you think a title would help, though? A title oh, would yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah. I think, thrust him into that really... You know, all-time talent. Like, he is an all-time talent, but I guess in the minds of a lot of fans and a lot of pundits out there, a title would really aid his case. Yeah, for sure. What do you think Chris Paul's um, greatest attribute? It'd have to be his IQ, right? Leadership. Uh, IQ, leadership. I'd say IQ. I think leadership, just Mm. for the fact we made when he came, I think into the season that every single team he's gone to, he's made better. If you look at the win percentage, it's just ridiculous. Um, the fact that they made the playoffs when he was there, that was startling in itself. The way he enabled the Suns to reach the conference finals. Uh, no, sorry, the NBA finals. The NBA finals. Uh, the NBA finals uh, is just startling <laughs> given that the Suns have been almost, a, I guess you could say, a bit of a joke over yeah. the last decade. So, yeah, his impact on winning, his leadership is uh, second to none, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Another little point from me, guys. Kevin Love has entered the NBA's health and safety protocols. Well, as long uh, with other players as well. Tobias Harris. Yeah, Tobias um, Harris Mark as well. Markinen, I think. Yep. So there's a few know. players who are... It's uh, seen a little bit of a resurgence, the COVID. There's Middleton. Certainly, yeah, Middleton as well. There's certainly no room for complacency. Um, but And it again, it just illustrates how impactful this still is. Like, we think mm. we're kind of over the hump, uh, but we're not. All it takes is a few cases, and it can throw like the league into disarray. These are some big-name players who are missing out on valuable time on the court. Um, so we certainly hope for, a, I guess, a quick recovery for him there. Sure. Um, yep. Another point for myself I just want to make. Now, this is based on everything we've seen so far, and it's a question to you two here. And we'll throw it to the audience out there as well. Sure. Are you guys enjoying seeing more physical ball, enjoying seeing the actual game, the flow, yep. A little bit better. There's not as many stoppages. It's just a cleaner, crisper game, and it feels more like the 80s. You know what? It, I am loving it, and I'm sure every it's a no-brainer. I think everyone loves it, but it's, mm. it has, it's really surprising me every time someone you know, kind of jumps into someone for a yep. three um, and it doesn't get cold. And I think that's just because we're so used to it getting cold. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm, I'm just so happy the, the games are flowing a bit more better. Yeah, I'm with you as well, and I think that just the overall like the value of what we're seeing on a night in night out basis has just gone through the roof and i i think a lot of it comes down to the fact that they've made these rule changes um you said you're not seeing as many people go to the line i think one of the most infuriating things with the nba over the last 10 years i would say is the fact that how stop and stop and start it is 
And it and it deters, I guess, a lot of like the the NBA is really in a period of hopefully growth, as all sports are, but the NBA mm. in particular, and it really does kind of quash that when you like viewers are turning away because of this. I know even hardcore fans are kind of deterred by how long the games go. For sure. Um, yeah. And it and it detracts from the product. The NBA is probably the most glitz and glam league in the world in any sporting sense. And it really does attract eyes. But when a game goes for half an hour for the last couple of minutes, it, yeah. it's horrible. So, you know, I'm certainly enjoying it. I'm loving seeing the physicality. I've been a huge proponent in our episodes of bringing that back. I love seeing that that competition, that heat, that fire in the belly. Yeah. Um, and just having the games flow better. It honestly has made such a difference. And these players who are struggling like Harden, Trey Young, you know, who have made their bread and butter at the free throw line. Mm. It's teaching them to adapt. Like, they're quality players, some of the best in the world, so they will adapt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might take another month or two or three or whatever the case, but they are going to get to the point where it's not impacting them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So from a from a viewership and, I guess, a flow of the league standpoint, I think it's great. Yeah. I'm just loving it. I think this has been the best season in a long time, partly because of that. Partly because of how many teams are competitive. Yeah. Um, you know, having some of these players back who were injured over the last couple of years, like your KDs sitting out, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It really is probably, I think, got the potential to be one of the best years in the NBA in quite a while. Yeah. Would have to agree. One last point for me on the uh the odds and ends front, the NBL Blitz. So Oof. for any uh, you know, NBL novices out there, this is the NBL preseason tournament. Here down in Tasmania, where you're going to be exposed to it firsthand, we've got quite a bit of action coming our way at the new revamped My State Bank Arena. Um, There's quite a few games tipping off first and foremost on Sunday the 14th of November. So that's next Sunday here in Tasmania. Uh, The games, they're going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. But just a quick point for any of our Tassie listeners. Guys, the games, free admission. The Tassie government has hooked us all up. If you want to go watch some NBL action, go check it out. The, You'd be silly not to, wouldn't you? And it's just startling, like for anyone who's not an NBL fan, like I know myself the last couple of years, I've really, really gotten into it heavily. I love it. I think it's just such an enthralling league. And for you both who are getting into it as well, for sure. the quality of players and the actual quality of the games is phenomenal. It really is behind the NBA, maybe the Euro, uh, yeah, the Euro League. The CBA, maybe, it really is one yeah. of the top couple of leagues in the world. Yeah. Um, and some of the talent here, it really gives us a good first look at our Tassie Jack Jumpers. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. So, next Sunday, the first game tips off at the new My State Bank Arena. Uh, go check it out, guys. It's going to be awesome. It's on the way back up, though, isn't it, the NBL, just quickly? It is. Yep. Because you look at, like, guys who have, who have revitalized the league over the last few years, and we talk about LaMelo Ball and even your man, Joshy Giddy. Mm. The, these these guys have just made the NBL relevant again. And now you look at players like Della Vadova coming Dele in. Dele, you've yeah. got, and you know, multiple other names. We won't go into it now, but there's multiple other names. That they really are household. They are, yep. And it is really, like it is now with the introduction of our Tassie team becoming a, like a nationwide league. Yeah. Like you think of how many people who weren't NBL fans. I, I've spoken at work at Intersport Hobart, shout out there. Um, so many people are so excited about the NBL who aren't even basketball fans. Yeah. They're just excited to have a team that's their own to go For watch. Sure. So, mm. you know, it, it's electric. I can't wait. We've got big things. Hopefully, uh, 
little media spec on the uh, on the on the cards here for the daily dribble. But there's big things. We're going to be going to the games. We're going to be checking them out. We're going to be reporting on the Jack Jumpers action. Yep. We can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that one. NBL Blitz next Sunday. Any Tassie listeners, free entry. Get onto it. Guys, let's move ahead. Do you, or, do you have anything else? Uh, not really. I had the, I think it was the Suns owner. I can't remember his name. But God, he's been in for some strife. He's getting accused of all kinds of things. And they're probably true because... Robert they, Sarfrey, is Yeah, it? they seem yep. to have some evidence behind him. But... Um, What's he done? Racist remarks, um, misogyny. Um, a lot of uh, I've heard he's been using the N word quite frequently. Um, things like that, just stupid things. Um, and you know what's horrible? It's it's hard because when you're in the public limelight so heavily, you're an owner of an NBA franchise, a franchise that made the finals last year. Your every action you make is scrutinised under a microscope. Yeah, for sure. So it, it really is. There is no wiggle room. Uh, and that that's horrible. We certainly do not condone that in the slightest. No, no. Um, but certainly, it's almost a little forewarning. Like, and players are, be, are being made more aware of it. I know for myself, um, you know, this is certainly not to the same degree. But when I was um, down at my last soccer club and that playing at the highest level in Tassie, we had kind of like a social media expert come in and kind of um, give us some guidelines and kind of ideas to follow us to not incriminate yourself or get yourself in trouble and like there needs to be more of that for owners for players for coaches for everyone involved in these elite sporting organizations because social media like the reach is so powerful it is um so yeah for robert sarva there he's uh in a bit of hot water so well it's a case of when you have that much money he thinks he can do whatever he wants and it's just not the case money is power isn't it and as much as these teams as you were just mentioning nick have all this social media training a lot of it just comes down to common decency and common sense really common sense isn't common anymore it's not is it Mm. no there you go preach that quote that um (laughs) guys let's get into it let's get into our next segment now it's a bit of a would you rather segment now Pose this during the week, um, during our, our little group chat as to what we want to do. And you can take this in any perspective you want. If it's a would you rather between two players, franchises, coaches, organizations, back office, anything. So we've got a couple each here. We're going to pose it to one another, see which side of the fence we err on. Yep. Um, it'll make sense as we get into it. Guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. We'll put up some stuff during the week. What you think of the segment and what side of the fence you guys uh, fall on. So... Okay. Looking forward to it, Lee. You're you're, you're a man who I feel like because I'm over here, it has to go like that, you know, left to right. But I'll go. <laughs> uh, uh, Makes uh, sense. Uh, would you rather that probably would have been easy to answer, say two years ago? But mine is um, over the next ten years, would you rather build around Zion or Jar? Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I won't give it away, but mine's very similar to this. Yeah. Um, what I will say. I'm going to say Jar, and that is just for the, I think, his ability in growth over the last couple of seasons that we've seen. This year, his stroke from three-point land has been, like, such a huge asset to him. Um, And I guess the big point that kind of settles this for me is Zion's injury concern. We're still, during the week, we kind of heard heard reports. Um, He's still quite a bit of time away. I don't expect that we'll see him before Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, that injury concern over his short career so far is just is just massive. And yeah. for a guy of his size 
And he's not getting smaller. He's getting bigger. Yeah. He's a big, 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 big boy. Like he's, you know, he's must be eating Maccas for breakfast, lunch and tea. <laughs> but uh, no, he's certainly going to dominate in the paint. No doubt about it. But for Jar, you know, I think he's on a much better trajectory. Yeah. Just because we're seeing him on the court, we're seeing him grow and develop. We're seeing the impact he has on teammates around him. I know the last couple of seasons, I've been very, very low on the Grizzlies. Likewise, I was this year. Uh, yet they've continued to surprise and Absolutely, outperform yeah. my expectations, mm-hmm. and that's first and foremost due to Jar's impact. So I would say Jar. Um, I'll I'll be going with Jar as well, and I'll touch more on Zion lately. But everything you said about the concerns around Zion's weight um, and just the fact that he's been injured and how those two factors coincide with one another it's a it's a big deal to me. And yep. as I said, I'll touch on it towards the end of the episode, but. Um, Jarmoran for me, I think the main thing that stands out to me is, is that over you know the first few years of his career, he's shown that he can be a guy who leads his yeah. team um, to in or around the playoffs. So we've seen him, you know, we've seen the Grizzlies make the play in before, yeah. and it's all due to Jar and I guess at that time Valanciunas as well, but mainly Jar. Whereas you look at the Pelicans, and you know, as good as we think Zion could potentially become, he doesn't seem like at this point of his career he's the type to be able to lift that team into playoff contention. Had an awful start to the season. Hasn't Another been loss him. today, 1-8 and eight they now fall to after losing to the Warriors today. 1-8. So that's, a, that's a league worst. It is. a Yeah, it's terrible. But obviously, so far, that can't be due to him because he hasn't played a game this season. But again, he hasn't been able to contribute. He hasn't been able to get on the court long enough um he hasn't been fit enough um saw something just quickly there i think they're about or maybe a little bit above a 500 team when he plays so it shows that they are you know a slightly winning team or about on par when he's on the court but it's just when he's not on the court that they are you know just pretty abysmal and especially now without ingram in the lineup they are really struggling and like losing you know we didn't realize how big of a loss lonzo ball would be over the offseason as well like they just don't i you know, friend of a show, Devontae Graham, but geez, you can only be. You can only friend be of the so show much. made my fantasy team, so he needs to start performing. <laughs> he needs to start performing, but you know, when you're comparing, you know, um, Lonzo this year to um, Devontae Graham, like years, it's, it's ch- what's it called? Cheese? Chalk, chalk, chalk and cheese. cheese, chalk and cheese. There you go, chalk and cheese. Yep. yep. Yeah, but um, long story short, jar for me. Leave for yourself. You pose this question. Which where do you see this one? Um, I also will go with Jar. You pretty much pinpointed everything um, on the head. I think it's, yeah, like you said, the fact that Zion is so injury prone, the weight yep. that he carries with him. Um, but I think more so the fact that we've seen continuous improvement from Jar Morant. He's continuously adding new assets to his game. We were talking about he's, he's adding his leadership, that three-point shot. Um, his IQ, his playmaking, he's, he's no longer just a highlight reel. Mm. In saying that, his highlight reel in the first week <laughs> looked like an end of year highlight reel. You know what I mean? And was MB like in MVP talk? I know yeah. it's, you don't read into too much after the first couple of weeks, but he was right up there. Yeah. Um, I'll just say before we move on to this one though, I I still think that Zion's ceiling is higher. Yeah. I really think, and everything we've seen, everything we've heard. Like he has potential to be since Shaq the most dominant force seen in the NBA, mm. and like he is just got all the attributes to make him a star. 
Um, so I certainly am not diminishing what he's doing or what he could do. Like, here's a but question. it's, it's just based on what we've seen, isn't it? And the probability based on injury, based on all these factors, you know, there's no, there's not as much certainty. I think his ceiling's higher, yeah. but also his floor is lower, whereas Jar kind of sits in the middle a little bit more. Here's a question. What You compared him to Shaq just then. Was Shaq injury-prone throughout his career? With his weight and not as much, not okay. as much, but I think that's partly because Zion does a little bit more in the sense of explosive movements, yeah. does a little bit more like where Shaq was just a monster yeah. of a man. And like, I mean, I don't think he was as injury prone, but still, the weight got the best of Shaq in the end. He was, yeah. it was yeah. like a boulder rolling from end to end yeah. on the court, and it just wasn't good viewing. And it, co- it really did cost him his career. If he stayed in shape, I think Kobe said in the past, if. If Shaq had Kobe's work ethic, he'd be the best player ever. Yep. Which says a lot. Without a doubt. And just to say a lot, speaking of um, all three of us are here sitting in shorts, I'm not sure what the audio picks up here, but we've had a beautiful last couple of days. We had a beautiful morning this morning, just, you know, sun's out, gun's out. And now here in Tasmania, it is absolutely bucketing. The rain is just teeming down. Just started in the last minute or two. I'd almost like it though. It turns it almost lo-fi. It does. Tassie is and honestly, as you as you hear, four seasons in one day, yeah. lo-fi. I mean, that's that's Rome is following a tropical. There's no tropical without rain. It's a tropical thunderstorm. That's right. So we love it here in Tassie. You can no room for complacency. Um, I'm going to tie this in with mine now. I'm going to alter this slightly on the fly, um, just because mine was very similar. My initial one was: Would you rather coach a team with Zion or Trey Young in it? Okay. But I'm I'm going to change it slightly. Would you rather have a team built around Trey or Jar? Because they're more similar in a sense. They are. We've seen an oh. extra year of Trey. Um, both similar in their ability to to play, make, to score. Um, which one would you rather at the moment? Or like, which one would you, if you were a coach, would you, if you had to select one or the other to build around? Where are you sitting on this I'll, one? I'll go. Um, Initially, you think, geez, yeah, they're very similar um, in their leadership, I guess. But I, I'm going to go with Jar just because I think he he straight out is a better leader. I feel like Trey is a great, phenomenal player, but he needs other pieces around him to be good. You remember when he just had John Collins by his side? He didn't have any Clint. He didn't have all this, um, you know, extra pieces, and they were sitting on the bottom of the ladder. Whereas Jar Morant, he's practically on his own right now, and he's completely and utterly leading that team. Yeah, that's oh, that's my point. So you're going Jar, right? So is it, just to clarify, is the question that what team would you rather coach with them, or who do you re- if you if you were you know classic primary school whatever school lineup, yep. you're selecting your man for each team. They're sitting in a line. You got the number one pick, and there's only only Trey and Jar left. Who you got? To be honest with you, I've, I'm going to go with Jar as well, and it's a really tricky one because I think Trey Young, at his absolute best, could be anything. Um, we've seen how how unguardable he is as soon as he crosses half court. He's sort of like Steph Curry in that respect. But I think Jar Moran, and particularly, it might be a bit of recency bias because yeah. he, he sort of turned into a superstar this year. I think he could turn into absolutely anything and he could lead his team with a few more pieces um, to a deep playoff run. And someone said the other day, it might have been, was it one of you guys the other day, said that um, he reminds him of an early D-Rose yeah, just in the yeah. fact that he's so quick and he can get to the rim at, at will. And I, I, I 100% agree with that. I think he's 
you know, he's finally matured and he's taken the full responsibility of, of that Grizzlies team. And if I was a coach and I had the choice between both of them, it'd be a tight one. But Jamarant, just for his pure potential and oh, I just... I just love watching him play. He also he gets bums on seats, which yeah. I guess Trey Young definitely does as well. But I, who would you rather you watch play, yeah. Trey Young or Ja Morant at their best? Ja Morant, just purely because if someone hits a three unless it's a game-winning buzzer beater, you don't go, oh, my God, like you do for a dunk, you know. Do you not? Like with some of the threes and oh, some Steph, of the plays that like, Trey's made. Uh, well, if you have like a step one off one foot three, of course you are. Which but, Trey has in the back locker. Yeah, but I feel it's, like... Yeah. It's so hard to separate. Who would you go with, Nick? Okay, just for the, I guess, to be a point of difference. <laughs> I was waiting for I, it. Yeah, well, I'm going to say Trey. And I think partly due to, you know, they haven't, I guess, had the greatest start this season. But we've seen Trey almost take a little more of a backseat. Yeah. He's he's bringing others up with him. For sure. More so, Jar has been phenomenal in his own right. The Grizzlies are doing well. As we said, Jar was looking like an MVP top candidate across the first couple of weeks. But Trey is, I think, getting, like, raising others up with him. Yeah. And I think in terms of building around a team, a team that's going to go deep into a championship, I think he's looking like he could be more of that force behind a championship winning team. I think maybe Jar's potential, Jar's ceiling is higher. Uh, But I think with what Trey's developed, I'd, I'd... think he's more maybe comfortable just what we've seen as to being a cog in the wheel as opposed to being the absolute centerpiece he still is yeah, yeah. but i think he's happy to have others more so alongside him be interesting to see like hypothetically how do you think it would go if jar and trey young swapped swapped teams well that's a great point that is a good point and it's hard to kind of yeah if you if you put jar with the kind of the shooters that the hawks have the pieces that the hawks have it uh, might be an entirely different scenario. For sure. Uh, I mean, uh, well, it would be. That's why, yeah. That's why coaches and front offices build around players appropriately. Yeah. Because Jar obviously wouldn't fit in at the Hawks as well as Trey Young does. Yeah. And Trey Young wouldn't fit in at the Grizzlies as well as Jar does. It's, it's the voice of reason. Yeah. Absolutely. Look at that. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, there's enough Jar talk and enough Unless Trey Rose talk. Got and Jar. Jar. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got okay. for us, Rob. Better be a, a better be different. What do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll mix it up just for the sake of the um, podcast. But did you have one similar? No. Okay. Didn't. Good. Good. But, um, my question is: If you're a fan of a team who is looking to pick up Ben Simmons, and there's a lot of teams mm. who I reckon would be considering it. Yep. Would you rather trade for Ben Simmons? and lose early draft picks knowing that Ben Simmons has a lot of on-court potential? Yep. Or would you rather keep the draft picks, the early draft picks, and not pick up Ben Simmons knowing his off-court baggage? Uh, okay, this is... Oh, I really think this is very team-dependent. Uh, I think this is a... Oh. So it's a hard it's a hard question to answer. I think it depends on the team and the situation. If you were a team that's more so in win now mode and that's lacking like you've got scorers but you don't have a true point guard, I would say trade for Simmons if you're yep. I'm just trying to think of a team in that in that position. Can I make it easier for you? Yeah. So we're putting it I'll put it in the perspective of a team who's likely to have maybe a top ten pick at the end of the year. Okay. So you're looking at trading uh, one of the top ten picks for Ben Simmons. And, and and I think they would actually have to give up more. Like just draft picks or like 
Actual, probably have to get rid of players and draft picks, I would have But not that. very valuable is what you're saying. Like to make players. the salary. Yeah, I guess what that. I guess what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to get across is it's not a team who is in win now mode, it's more a team who's looking who's probably down towards the bottom of the standings and looking to pick up a guy who can elevate them back up. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. So you trade I, for I think you do go for Simmons. Oh, this is tough. I, tough I, I say you do go for Simmons just on the fact that I think you can put Hopefully, hopefully, if he's committed to like it, it depends because so dependent, so many variables. Yeah, in Philly, we've seen his you know kind of commitment to not getting on the court and to not playing. I think if yeah. he shows that commitment to really applying himself in a situation, if you put the right pieces, shooters around him, you see strides in his game with his willingness to shoot, his willingness to drive and to take on the game. Willingness to, you know, he doesn't have to jack up three to five three-point shots a game, but just take a couple of games. Yeah. You know, if his willingness is to grow, I really think he's still got star potential. Like, he's a star. He does have star superstar potential. Like, his ability on the defensive end could anchor a team. And I think you can For put sure. the right yeah. pieces around him. Whereas in the draft... It's hard. It is hard because you don't know what you're going to get. For all the scouting reports, for everything out there, we've seen complete bust. Look at Greg Oden. Look at, you know, these multitude of names. Even Markel Fultz, number one pick to a certain extent. Mm. They're not always guaranteed. But we've seen enough of Simmons to see that he's a high-caliber player. Yeah. Um, and I think you can almost hang your hat on that a little bit more. For all of his deficiencies, I think you can put pieces around him to elevate him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it is a risk, obviously, because his maturity levels have, you know, been exposed and he, he, he kind of... What do you compare it to, a 10-year-old girl? No, you just compare it to, <laughs> it, it, like, James Harden in Houston almost. Yeah. Um, but I'd, in saying that, I'd almost take that in a heartbeat, especially if it's for um, someone in a top 10 draft. So, so, sorry, so you're saying you would take Simmons? I'd take Simmons. How many yeah. out of... 10, the top 10 in the draft go on to be great or even good, good at that matter. I'd say three out of 10, four maybe. If you're giving up just that um, unknown potential and um, just a couple of, you know, lousy pieces for already proven star, I'd definitely take Ben Simmons. Row for yourself, you posed the question, what do you think? Oh, well, to be honest with you, I thought it was quite a difficult question because I I, I, I'm really concerned about his off-court um, behaviour, Ben Simmons. Yep. And I don't think it's as straightforward as, as we as we may think. In saying that... That's not. <laughs> in saying that, I think the point about there being so much unpredictability when it comes to draft picks in the top 10 um, is, a, is a big issue. And I think... We know that Ben Simmons at this stage is really unhappy with Philadelphia and being yeah. in Philadelphia, but who's like his behaviour might change entirely if he goes to somewhere where he where he wants to be, because at the moment he certainly doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. It's hard though, isn't it? Because he like he obviously wants to go to a winning situation, but for you know, for lack I guess your point of conversation, he could wind up in Cleveland. Exactly right. For one, it's not probably and it's not a destination place. Two, it's not a franchise that's, I guess, in win-now mode. Like, It's kind of be careful what you wish for because he could certainly end up in a situation that is well and truly worse than what he's in now. Yeah. So it's, you know, kind he, of six in one hand and half a dozen the other. He's almost, it's, it's funny because he's almost um, he's almost better suited going to a team where the fans don't actually care that much because 
He's the, yeah. he, the fans in Philadelphia, they're sort of like New York fans. They're, they're yep. a rare breed. And <laughs> if, you, if you're not going well or if you perform badly, you, you're going to know about it, aren't you? So, um, well and truly. Uh, I think, um, yeah, long story short again, I think um, I'd take Ben Simmons if I was one of these teams as opposed to one of these top 10 picks. Very good. Round one in the books. Lee, yep. what okay. have you got for round now, two? Now, this one, we've done those three, and they're pretty in-depth and about actual players and teams. Like, I decided to go for a fun fun one for oh, this you one. You are the fun guy. You, are, you and Kawhi, two <laughs> peas in the pod. My one this time around is, would you rather, if you're an NBA player, hit a game-winning buzzer beater at a home or an away game? Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to go first? No, you go. Okay. Have a thing. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. Like I love, I love almost being the villain. Yeah. Like I love it. I think it's so fun. You see Trey when he was in Madison Square Garden in the playoffs, you're burying the dagger and just you know that kind of, you know, real almost arrogance. Yeah. You know, I I think it would be so fun to just rev up the crowd. You've just won a game. You've hit a big three. You've had a wicked game. Whatever the case, buzzer beater. You know, I think turning around and just giving them the middle finger salute yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. Or just, you know, anything. Just, I think, revving him up and having them hate you. Because mm. I, I firmly believe when people, for myself, my mindset, when people doubt you or, you know, look down on you or cuss yeah. you out, it, it is motivating. So I, I mean, think that would be awesome. That's LeBron's, I mean, not LeBron's, that's Kobe. Michael, that's Michael Jordan's whole Michael mentality. Michael Jordan, Kobe's mentality, He'd absolutely. take anything to heart and he'd yeah. feed off it. And yep. before Ro goes, I'll, I'll, I may as well just say, I'd also um, pick an away game. Yeah. Mostly just because I'd love to feel how Dame felt when he just did like the that bye-bye. to OKC. Oh. Just that villain, um, that villain arc almost. And yet, you're like, you're a villain... To that franchise, yeah. but probably to the other twenty nine. Yeah, you're a hero. You're right, like sure. you're like you are just revered in the highest regard. Yeah. Like that is one of the most iconic moments, and it'll probably live in playoff history forever. Like yeah. just giving the the wave goodbye. That is phenomenal stuff, and having a moment like that would be elite. Yeah, yeah. Three out of three. I'm I'm in the same boat, and it doesn't really. You got villain written all over you. <laughs> you <laughs> do, do really you're a bad I boy. Do. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um. I think there'd, there'd be nothing better, particularly given the, um, I guess the sometimes the abuse that's hurled at these players throughout the game, and yeah, to, yeah. well, that's it to find to sort of end things and send them home. They've paid you know hundreds of bucks to get a ticket to watch you play and send them home unhappy. It would be it'd be yeah. pure satisfaction, I reckon. Well, here you go. Then I'll pose this to you guys: Would you, if you hit that game winner, it's the away crowd. We've all agreed on that. Would you be someone who's running around batshit crazy, like going off really hyped up, or would you just be a stone cold killer? Like, yeah, I'm, I know I'm good. Like the like the dame, just cool, I, calm, and composed. Dame, stone cold, almost passive aggressive, just being like, <laughs> "See you later, you're going home." That I just want to feel that so bad. Definitely stone cold. Yeah, right? I think I think it's I think it's probably even more meaningful when you're so stoic about it, and when you sh- when you're not showing any emotion. Yeah, like yeah. when you're just looking at the crowd, just. You know, saying well, bad luck. Time to time to hit the streets. It's I don't know. It's meaningful. In saying that, imagine if you hit a, a buzzer beating game winner away. Like it'd be hard to control your emotions, wouldn't yeah. it? Well, you know what I love in it. Like as a soccer player myself, um, you know I love all sports. But when you see, you know, in some of these sports, and the fans run onto the ground, <laughs> like you don't see basketball fans run onto the court, no. but that would be sick. 
I agree though with you guys. I reckon I'd just give it the arms, arms out. Like, <laughs> give it the arms like, out. You, yeah. you knew this was coming. I'm, yeah. I'm the guy. <laughs> you knew, you this, know, was you knew this was coming. You know, so. I'm good. You I know think Trey's was underrated yeah. last year. His, yep. That, yep. that one. But uh, this is iconic. James is iconic. Amen. I love it. A great question. I like that. That's fun. I've got a question then. Now, to all the fans out there and road to yourself specifically, if you were a fan. Over the next five years, would you rather be a fan of the Knicks or the Celtics? Like, which one do you think would have a better time of it? Over the next five years, would you rather be a fan of the Knicks or the Celtics? Do you want me to go? Because mine, mine is straight away almost. I'd definitely rather be a New York Knicks fan. It's, it, it, this also does depend if I'm American and living in the US. Yeah. Like, imagine yeah. being a Knicks fan in New York. Like, it's just a... It's almost a cult over did there. Did you see the... Fa- did you see the Bing Bong video? Yeah. I've Mate, seen- the <laughs> Knicks fans, I've, I've got to say... They're a different breed. They are built different. They are <laughs> wicked. Like, their value is just through the roof. They are so fun. And then in terms of the actual team themselves, um, New York is obviously up on an upwards trajectory, whereas Boston... They're not so much going down, but geez, things aren't looking good over there, chemistry-wise and on court. Yeah. No, our resident Boston fan, how do you feel about this question? Well, I I simply can't. I can't go with the Knicks, as as impressive as they've been at times and as bad as we've been at times. I I think... um, I think we're still definitely... The Celtics are still definitely another few pieces away from, from... you know, rising back up the standings. And I think the other thing with the Celtics is I think our top-end talent will be enough if we can gain another few pieces. As the Knicks have done really well over the off-season, yep. um, that might that might change things. But I, I tell you what, it's, it's hard to say that because you look at the Knicks and you look at, like, Julius Randle even leading that team going forward. Yeah. Um, and they've had contributors um, all last season and so far to start this season. They look like they, they're going to be like a mainstay of the playoffs for the foreseeable future. But I just, I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to say the Knicks over the Celtics as, as much as my head's pulling me the other way. It's fair. It's fair. I, I would say the Knicks, and that is partly due to a couple of factors. Uh, I think the fans, I think Madison Square Huge, Garden, yeah. it is like... The garden, it's a mecca in its own right, but the, the garden is, like, the place to be. Yeah. Um, Madison Square Garden, the Knicks are relevant. The crowd the crowd is the best. It mm. is. They have the best fans in the league, hands down. If you can make an argument for anyone else, let us know, but they are just wicked. I mean, I want to hear it. I have heard it, but let the fans hear it firsthand, Ro, for the ones who haven't been to Madison Square. Well, yeah, it's... Because Ro has... Everything they say about MSG is is a hundred percent true. Like I, I went to a game in twenty sixteen, and I don't think it was a. It definitely wasn't a high market, like too high no. market team. And this whilst the whilst the Knicks weren't really relevant. Yeah, they weren't relevant at that stage, and I don't even think Mello was playing. To be perfectly honest with you, but it was still there's still a lot of people there, and it was still very loud. And I tell you what, if they're sort of creeping around the finals at the end of the year. Who, like, who, who knows what's going to happen? But yep. um, uh, Madison Square Garden's going to be absolutely rocking. I reckon its foundations will be just hanging on by hanging on for a third of life. <laughs> well, I reckon that partly because of the fans, partly because I think they're in a better situation just in their salary cap situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this question based over the next five years, a lot of the contracts they've locked into only short-term contracts for a year or two, which gives them quite a lot of flexibility. We saw them, you know, gunning for a lot of these big names in the off-seasons, the KDs and, you know, a season ago. Like, they have good flexibility yeah. um, and they haven't tied into pieces long-term, whereas I think the Celtics are more, I guess, more set in their foundations. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, etc. But just from what we've seen so far... You know, I just I don't have belief in them. Yeah. I, I don't have belief in them, and I think the Knicks have more room to manoeuvre. I think they've got, you know, I think in terms of consistency, just with the way the players are, the Celtics might be better off, but I think the Knicks have more moves to be made, and I think they're more of a destination. Like, it is New, it's New York City. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. New York City. Who doesn't want to play at the Garden, have exactly. those fans chanting your name? Um, they've got some good young pieces. Mitchell Robinson quickly... You know, they're, I think, in a really good position to really assert themselves as a dominant force in the league. Um, yeah, the Celtics are just in such a funny, funny predicament. Like we saw during the week, um, the statements from Marcus Smart saying Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are just kind of set in their ways, don't want to pass the ball, and teams know how to adapt to that and how to scheme for that because they know they're not going to pass it. So yeah. you can counter that pretty easily. Whereas I think the Knicks have a little bit more scope for growth, a little more scope for success. Uh, that's not to say the Celtics players couldn't develop, um, but I think I over the next five years I would rather be a Knicks supporter. I think they're a little bit closer to where you would want to be. I think you've summed it up perfectly there. There you go. Moving on. Moving on, Roy. <laughs> take us away with our last one. What have you got for us, my man? Well, I've been very intrigued by Scotty Barnes over the first mm. few weeks of yeah. the season, and he surprised me. And he's shown potential that he could he could be anything, even in the short sample size. So my question is, given how comfortable Scotty Barnes has looked over the first few weeks of the season, noting again that it's a very short sample size, would you be looking if you're the Raptors? Would you rather be aggressively shopping either? Pascal Siakam and or Fred Van Vliet to build this team around um, Scotty Barnes? Or would you rather keep both of those guys to assist, I guess, Scotty Barnes' development and but at the same time not fully commit to the rebuild? So I guess the two options you've got yep. are committing to the rebuild by getting rid of either Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet or potentially both or... Do you keep them both, but you're sort of in a bit of limbo? You haven't fully committed to the rebuild if you're if you're the Raptors. Oh, what a tough question! Now you look at it; they're sitting at six and four. They were twenty seconds. They went down by a point today to the Cavs. They were twenty seconds away from being seven and three and being right up there in the East. Now they have been probably one of the biggest surprise packets for me so far. Yeah, <laughs> like I I had them right down the bottom. Shout out Chris Swick. Host of the Depth of Darkside podcast, a resident Toronto fan. Um, you know, they have outshone my expectations and a lot of people out there. I think, and this has all been done whilst Siakam's out. Yeah, for sure. Now, I think I would be shopping him. Just on what we've seen, the way be they've shopping. been able to hold themselves. I think you look at building around An- Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, like, wow, people were really shaking their heads as to why... He went above Suggs. Us included. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You ex- ex- mm. Well, exactly. Mm. Yep. 
So, you know, I think they're a couple of really good core cool pieces. Precious, Precious Achua. Yeah, lovely uh, name. Yeah, yeah, no, I nearly... Tongue title, Precious Achua. Precious. <laughs> it's a word you don't say too often, it's Precious. Not, but, um, Unless you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, a big fan here. Love it. Yep. Yeah, I digress. I could go into that all day an episode in its own right. Um, but I think they've got enough there at the moment that if you got a really good piece for Siakam or a really good quality piece... You know, they could be in really good shape. And that's in addition to if you got rid of Dragic and traded him for a, ca- a capable piece as well. This guy's not playing. So you look at trading Dragic and Siakam in a package maybe. Yep. Wow. You're getting really good returns to put with this young core. So I'm uh, I'm 100% behind that. And uh, 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 sorry, just quickly, as, as you breathe in to speak, Lee, um, you know, it is only early days. We've only seen a little bit of of Scotty Barnes so far, and Anobi as well. We haven't seen that much of him performing at this level. But, you know, there's enough to like there. Fred Van Vliet can hold his own, do enough if these other players are, you know, performing to their level. You know, I, th- I think there's there's hope in Toronto where I thought there wasn't. So that's uh, my bad. Yeah. I, d- I didn't say it. So no, they're, they're yeah. looking good. This is a really hard one. Probably the hardest one um, so far. But... I think it's almost recency bias in terms of Pascal Siakam. I think everyone is think thinks his career is over and that he has no value. I don't see why he can't turn around his shocking season last season. Um, he, he wasn't even that. He wasn't that bad. Season. Well, where do you see him? Lee? Do you see him as a number one, two, or three on the team? Like, what do you think he can lead a team, or is he a really good second or third option? Well, the thing is, I don't. I don't think. I, I think not every team has to have a number one. I think um, some teams, and in particular Toronto Raptors, can have a one and a two equal, even three, going to Scotty Barnes. I, I do like the um, aspect of building around Scotty Barnes because just so far he's just been absolutely brilliant. But that is is that when you say that every team doesn't need a number one, mm. when you say that, do you mean every title-winning team? Because if you look at the last yeah. however many years... Even with Toronto a few years ago, they had Kawhi. You know, we've seen LeBron, we've seen Curry, we've seen, you know, Giannis last year. Like, if yeah. if they're genuine threats, like, it needs do you think a genuine threat needs a number one? Yeah, now that you put it that way, every, every you know, t- title contender has had that number one. I- I'm just not um, giving up on Pascal Siakam yet, and we haven't seen him with the new integrated team of, yep. of everyone this year at Toronto Raptors, so I'd say stick with it. Um, it's a hard question to answer when we haven't seen him play, play with them all yet, but I'm saying um, stick with the team they have now. I'm not giving up on Siakam either, and I think this is sort of... It sort of contributes to my question a bit. I think he still presents a bit of value, which means that they could get something fairly handy in return, which yep. could help their rebuild. So I'm certainly not giving up on Siakam. And just quickly, I've got him in my fantasy team, so I hope Waiting. he performs this year. But um, <laughs> Well, they're, they're actually starting five. Let me just read it out because yeah. today against the Cavs, they went down by a point, but you had Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, OJ Ananobi, and Precious, Precious Achua. You had Ken Birch, Mihai Luke. Malachi Flynn, players of the kind of Boucher coming off the bench. Yeah. As I was saying, if you get rid of Dragic, who's not playing, you get rid of Siakam, who's injured, you put a couple of really who, good pieces. Who I, we, like, uh, I want to I want to know what caliber player you think you can get back for both of them. 
I reckon you can get something quality for Siakam at the minute. Definitely yeah. for Siakam. And Dragic yeah. as well. Like a lot of teams who are struggling for a point guard or a backup point guard. Like Dragic still has starter potential. You, you know, if you look at the Mavs, you could probably package them. Like if you package them together, you could get KP back. I don't Absolutely. want that. You, want you probably don't want him, but for example, like you can get <laughs> Someone like something him. of really good value back because I think a lot of teams would still be after a player like Dragic and Siakam. So. And he's got leadership as well, Goran yep. Dragic, which a lot of young teams are actually vying for, even more so than the box score side of things. They're looking 100%. for their on-court IQ and leadership. So he still presents some value. But Love this question. This is hard. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a hard one. one. But the Raptors have really been a, a pleasant surprise. Mm, It'll be yeah. interesting to see if it can continue. Um, you know, we're only you know nineteen games into the season, but touch wood, they are they are trucking along quite nicely. Have been, guys. We've wrapped through six. Would you rather? Certainly enjoyed doing this with you both. It, um, yeah, they're quite fascinating, aren't mm. they? Depending on the question, they really pose. Um, you know, you can you can make arguments for both sides, especially with that one. So, you know, we would love to hear what you guys thought of this segment, which side of the fence you sat on, where we went right, where we went wrong, all the classic questions we love to ask. Um, but, yeah, certainly had a lot of fun doing this with you, lads. What was your favourite question? I uh, think mine. What was your second one? Uh, the the uh, Knicks or Celtics yeah, one. Yeah, that one and Ro- I think the second round was the best Second round. round was the best round, absolutely. Came home with a wet sail. That, that's what, what you got to do. If you set the bar low to begin with, you're going you're gonna to fly past it in yeah. the second round, aren't you? So... Guys, we're well and truly into the piece now, over 50 minutes. So let's do a little quick recap of the week that was. Any, you know, this is just a segment we're going to integrate now that we've done the last couple of weeks. Anything you want to get off your chest that you've seen over the last week of NBA action, you know, have at it. This is an open forum. I mean, think. All right, well, I've got a quick point. Um, Philadelphia 76 is sitting at, is it 7 and 2 or is it 8 and 2 after today? So, yeah, it was 7-2 after today. Um, they're looking a lot better than, you know, I certainly expected, given Danny Green's out, Ben Simmons out, Tobias Harris out. Yeah. They're certainly, you know, took the Eastern Conference. I certainly did not expect this at all. Do we? Did we overestimate the importance of Ben Simmons to the to the lineup? Because they're, yeah. they're coping very capably without, without him at the moment. And, you know, I think we all thought that they were going to be, like, Still a team who was playing playoffs this year, even without him. But, geez, they're looking like they could still be potentially a top three team at the end of the year. I think it's partly that and partly, like, players outperforming their expectations. Yeah. George's Niang's been on fire. Therese Maxi, Yeah, Niang. How's that for a name? That's not a name we've mentioned too much on the Daily Dribble Wouldn't podcast. So. But, yeah, like, players like that lighting it up and really helping keep them afloat at the moment, like... They have that next man up mentality. Yep. Um, and it's also a case of when Ben Simmons was in the team, Tobias Harris and uh, even Joel Embiid didn't need to do as much because Ben Simmons was there. It just shows they have the capability of doing more, and they're doing more this season. Probably a player we've argued multiple times, I think I've been a big advocate of Probably one of the most overpaid players in the league, Tobias Harris. but um, He's living up to it. Yeah, well, that's it. So the 76 is trucking along nicely. Um, a big thing for me was a takeaway from the week. Seeing the Lakers lose. They've gone lose to OKC. OKC, should I say. They yep. have gone 0-2 and two in their two matchups with the Thunder so far. Very, very disappointing stuff. The Lakers are really making hard work of a lot of their games. We saw them only just scrape by Houston during the week. Earlier, I think the week prior, only just getting up in overtime versus Spurs. 
Um, you know, these are games they should be taken care of pretty handedly, but mm. we've seen LeBron out now, an abdominal injury. It's about a week, I think, yeah. we're looking at. At the least. At yeah. the least. So, you know, they're still waiting on Ellington Nunn to come back, but it's somewhat ominous signs. And that's a Lakers fan. I'm, there's a little bit of cause for concern just given the amount of points they're giving up. Like they're on the defensive end, they're really, really lacking. And, um, you know, some, you know, they certainly don't have their full team as of yet, but yep. something has to change. So uh, you said you're a little bit concerned. How Just how much are you concerned, though? Like, are you concerned that they, because I think we had them as our championship favourites, yep. you, are you going back on that oh, at this stage? Uh, it's a small sample size with the team not at its full, I guess, capability. But I'm going to say no. Just from the other teams we thought would be up there, the Bucks. The Nets, um, you know, that neither have dazzled so far. Um, but I think for the Lakers, just from what we saw last season where they bowed out first round to the Suns, I really want to see them push for that home court. Like, I think home court, wherever it falls in the 1-4 to four range, but I, I think that's key. Just for yeah. even a mental factor as well, a lot of new faces, some with less playoff experience, some with more, but I think having that would really aid them. Like, having for it, sure. yep. you know, not having it last year, now, we can't determine how much of a factor that played into things, but you know, I think it certainly would have helped having that home court advantage. So, yeah, wanted want to see them push a little bit more and play with a little bit more intensity. Yeah, I'm with you. Any other takeaways from you, lads, from the week that was? Yeah, the takeaway for me, um, it's probably not so much the course of this week, but it's been, I guess, this NBA season in general, and. That's that I'm getting really concerned that Zion Williamson is going to be one of these players who will be overtaken by injuries throughout the course of his career. Yeah. I'm getting increasingly concerned that his weight is not at a containable level at the moment. As we were saying before, Zion has continued to grow. And I think it was um, Charles Barkley throughout the week said something along the lines of, when you're that heavy, and I think he might be the heaviest player in the league at this point. I believe point, I did say something, yep. That imagine how much stress is coming down on your knees and your feet, mm. causing you to continue to get injured. And, you know, he's been out so far this season, and even the first few seasons of his career, he's been, it has been riddled by injuries. Yep. Um, so I'm actually bringing out something right now. Here we go. Red flag. Yeah, look at the red flag. flag. There you go. <laughs> Need to bring it out. Waving the red flag. Red flag. Now, <laughs> I'm going to bring out the red flag when something's concerning, and this is certainly <laughs> concerning. I need, I need to see Zion get on top of his weight issue, and <laughs> I think, um, I, I think if he doesn't get on top of his weight issue, which is, a, which is a massive issue in terms of staying on on the court throughout the course of his career. I think he could be another one of these players who, although he has massive potential, might not reach anywhere near that because he's always, you know, on the on the sidelines and in the yeah. Maccas drive through. Oh, oh, come on, um, man! Yeah, I'm just I'm just worried. What about you guys? Waving well, the me, red flag for me, Zion, and this might just be me personally. He's just a he's a ticking time bomb, though. I'm just he is a red flag. I'm waiting for him just to get injured again. Um, and he, he's also looking for a trade 
<laughs> he's also he's also unhappy at the Pelicans too, which may be why he's not taking yeah. care of his body as much. But if you want to up your trade value, you need to be in your best shape possible. It's like yeah. Ben Simmons, isn't it? By not playing, he's not actually helping his cause mm. to get out. Yeah, you know, you need to play. You need to be showing your value to other yeah. franchises. I agree. And, um, you know, for Zion, it's a different case with injury at the moment, but you really do need to boost your value yeah. to get yourself out of there. Um, yeah. and I mean, no one wants a fat slob on their team. Oh, uh, like, what's the Zion hate? I do. Well, you're coming in hot it's, on Zion. It's absolutely not hate at all because I actually like Zion. It's, I mean, it's coming from a place slob. of love, it's isn't coming, it? It's, it's like when you see a family member getting obese. And what is that? It's, so it's coming from a respectful fl- a respectful pa- place, I, I think it? so. And it might just be worth, you know, hitting the gym a bit more and hitting oh, the... Can't do much when you're injured. How many gym sessions for you this week, bro? I think I went there about five times. Is maybe, that right? Maybe eight. Oh, look at you go. Big boy. <laughs> well, I, I do agree, though. Something he does, like, I'm all for, you know, him being big and throwing his weight around in the yeah. paint, but he's so athletic. Yeah. Like, he, That's you it. don't want to be carrying extra, like, there's a difference between muscle and fat, and muscle certainly weighs more than fat. Um, but that being said, you know, he's carrying more weight than he needs to. Exactly and to right. get the best out of himself, out of his body, um, and to enable him to stay on the court and stay healthy, you know, I I do think he needs to make a bit of a change. Um, yeah, I, the the Pelicans are they're in dire straits. Oh, and absolutely. For a guy that we've spoken about with his potential to be one of the best of all time, arguably, um, he needs to be in a position of winning. He needs to be in a position where he can grow. A position where he is a focal point of the league, as we've said. You know, you could argue LeBron at the moment still the face of the league. Yeah. In the transition phase to Le- uh, to Giannis and Luca. Uh, to Luca. Yep, Luca. Sorry, should I say? But then Zion's kind of that next tier, the face of the league, and yet Great. he's not. He's certainly not the body of the league, is he? No, he's not the body of the league. So, you know, something does have to change pretty soon, I think. And And it's just so much wasted talent there. Like, they're one and nine, but... One and nine today, hey? I was thinking one and eight. One and nine, that's disgusting. In saying that, Valanciunas has been having, like, 30-point, 15-rebound games. Like, it's just sad to see. I know he's only got there. I guess it is good in the fact that if he does want to leave, his trade value is going to be at an all-time Valentin- high. They've just extended him. Yeah. That's, oh, what um, is it? What is it? Yeah, so they're in uh, they're in quite a bit of trouble at the moment. I certainly wouldn't like to be a Pelicans fan. I know actually a couple of Pelicans fans myself. Yeah. Uh, Poor guys. Certainly, no, no, no. I, I do know a couple. I do know a couple. Um, Who? Uh, Nick Drew. Uh, shout out. I played futsal with him during my younger days in soccer across him. He's an absolute uh, oh, red flag fan to machine. And uh, Jai Jonah Green, um, I worked with him at Woolworths and went to college with him as well. JJJ. J- yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, another big Pelicans fan there, so. But. Um, Inside joke. Yeah, Marvel, fan. Marvel fans, no? Marvel fans, come on. I hate Marvel. Do you? Like big Spider Man movie coming out uh, next month, is it? Uh, looking forward to that one Spider Man No Way Home. Why are we talking about Spider-Man? I'm missing the red flag. I'm not quite sure how we progressed to that. But nevertheless, a couple of Pelicans fans out there, I certainly do not envy you at the moment. I'll tell you what, you know it's but you know your weight's getting out of control when Charles Barkley says that it looks like he and Shaq that, and the baby. That is oh, a that man. is a big, big red big red flag there. Oh um, I have to keep bringing it out. Yeah. I, off the zone, I, I, I think that's your uh, your new uh, staple mark there. For any of our video <laughs> oh, listeners, Ro has gone um He's really putting the hard yards I've to get this red texture sorted. out. Red texture out. I'm, you know, commend you on the props. I'm a huge fan of props. Uh, so well done there. Fair play to you. Guys, it has been a massive episode. We, um, 
Wow, time really got away from us yeah. there. So we Dude. certainly loved doing this episode, discuss the odds and ends, the week that was, as well as some of our Would You Rather. We would love to hear what you think of them, where we went right, where we went wrong, what your thoughts are on them. Uh, it's going to be another massive... I, I just broken record. It's going to be a massive week in the NBA landscape. Likewise, uh, this time next week, it'll be... Well, it's eight days away from the NBL Blitz. So a lot happening on the NBL front. The news will ramp up on that that front as well. Uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from the official season tipping off. Tassie Jack Jumpers, their first inaugural season in, in the NBL. Yep. Uh, a lot to look forward to. Very That's good. We're, um, you know, we've kind of, I think we've now eased our way into the season. We're pretty well in full swing. We'll now be covering both the NBA and NBL front more so. So we're looking forward to that. As I said, we've had a... Um, well, how would you describe it, Ro? You're our resident uh, video producer. There's there's technical issues that go on here and there, but we're certainly endeavouring to iron out those and, uh, you know, it's uh, so much part so, of the process, isn't it? So much so that we almost didn't get last week's video yeah. up. It was distressing times and there was a bit of panic stations at Daily Dribble headquarters, but <laughs> we got, got on top of it, didn't we? Time yeah. will tell if this week's episode is put into video format, so we look yep. forward to that hopefully eventuating. If so, guys... Be sure to check out our YouTube channel for the video format of this episode. Subscribe, like, do all that great stuff we love. We really uh, appreciate your support, your continued support. Massive episode in store next week, isn't it? Has to be. They're all they're all big. They're all big episodes. So we're looking forward to that. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this bad boy up? Not from me. Not, Not from Lee. Up. From Ro. Few more salads for you, Zion. Ah, oh, mate. On. I tell you what, the Zion hate is. <laughs> It's not even hate. It's not even hate. I love Zion, but he's just getting a bit doughy and a bit... Is it the yolks not doughy? No, the doughy's an MVP. I just certainly... I recommend if you've got a partner out there or or a beloved um, that you don't tackle if they're somewhat overweight. You don't (laughs) tackle their situation with the same, um, I guess, tenderness that Rose displayed here. Um, you know, my favourite's the slow wave. The slow wave with the flag here. God, look at that. Mate, you've... um, (laughs) I certainly hope Zion's not a listener of ours because he certainly won't be after this one. He'll not be a fan of yours. But um, Sorry, big fella. Guys, we hope to see Zion back in a couple of weeks. Likewise, we will be back next week. Another massive episode. Glasses are fogging up. That's a telltale sign. It's time to wrap this one up. Guys, thank you so much for the support. We've got big things in store, so continue to check out all of our socials. And we will talk to you next week. Love you. Bye.